Hello and welcome to Parkinson's Life, the award-winning podcast offering a voice to the global Parkinson's community. Each episode, we bring together people impacted by the condition for an honest conversation to share their stories, perspectives and ideas on how to live well with Parkinson's. In this episode, we're investigating what it means to pursue passions, from painting and singing to writing and comedy, while living with the condition. Our first guest is Trevor Willard, who lives in Buckinghamshire, UK. Trevor was inspired by street art and graffiti he saw in New York to pick up a paintbrush, a pursuit that led him to set up a non-profit called Parkinson's Art to support creative projects from people in the community. He says that his own artistic style and what art means to him has evolved as the condition has progressed. Trevor is joined by Kitty Fitton, a blogger and comedian based in New Zealand. Kitty took her first steps into stand-up when she was asked to speak at a seminar and her comedy often focuses on her everyday life, her family and her experience of living with Parkinson's. In their conversation, Kitty and Trevor talk about staying motivated in the face of apathy, whether being diagnosed with Parkinson's has led them to new interests and creative approaches and how pursuing their passions has helped them to forge connections with others. So my name's Trevor, Trevor Woolard. I'm 49 years old. I live in a place called Tring in Buckinghamshire. I was diagnosed probably around 11 years ago and my Parkinson's showed itself. I had a slight tremor in my left hand. I was actually at a dinner party once and I was, I was pouring the drinks and that's why I first noticed the, the tremor. And uh, it took a couple of years to get diagnosed under uh, the official diagnosis. But yeah, living it with myself, living with Parkinson's, should I say, for um, about 11 years. So I'm Kitty Fitton and I live north of Wellington in New Zealand on a place called the Carpety Coast. I've lived here for about 10 years, uh, but I'm clearly <laughs> not from New Zealand originally. And I come from Leeds in West Yorkshire. And I was diagnosed 2016. I was 41, so it's about five years ago. And uh, I'd been chasing my little boy through a local reserve and I thought I'd just hurt my leg because I'd noticed that my toes were dragging slightly when I was tired. And I just thought, oh, you know, it'll get better. And, and it didn't. And cutting a very long story short, it took about a year to get diagnosed. But eventually they said... Um, Oh, your MRI came back clear. So you've got Parkinson's. And my whole life kind of pivoted at that moment, as I'm sure yours did a little bit as well. So um, can I ask what, what the move to New Zealand, what prompted that move? I was married to a guy from Auckland. So I met him in the UK and we got married and came over to New Zealand. And um, it was Scarborough, York on New Zealand. And I thought, uh, well, you know, give it a try. And um, I've got four children. So I've got a 16-year-old, a 14-year-old, an 11-year-old twins. But my husband and I separated a couple of years ago, partly because of Parkinson's, actually, because um, I saw it as a wake-up call to change my life. And um, he kind of didn't really want to come along on the journey. So I, I, I write a blog. I've been doing comedy. And um, I've recently, about a year ago, got together with another chap. We all get on. We're all good friends. It's all, you know, I get on really well with the kid's dad. And that's really important, I think. Can, can I ask, how long have you been uh, doing your stand-up comedy routine or in your blog? So what happened was 
I got diagnosed and I found lots of help from Parkinson's New Zealand who were wonderful and they were really, really good. But I had to go find them, which I found really annoying. But the person that, that I spoke to, she, she was amazing and helped me understand what was wrong with me because basically the doctors just kind of went, oh yeah, here you go. Here's a leaflet, go home. And I had no idea what was wrong with me. So they were fantastic in explaining what, what, you know, what the condition was and is and how to cope with it. And uh, then I started getting really angry because I, there was nothing for young people with Parkinson's. It was all over here. It felt very focused on caring for extremely old people who, you know, thrash around and stuff. And I was like, oh, hang on, that's not me. Where's all the people like me? I complained to the guy that wrote the Parkinson's magazine over here. And he said, okay, fine, let's do a piece on you, which wasn't quite what I had in mind. But I said, I, you know, I am from Yorkshire. I, I don't, I don't keep quiet. So I said, oh, all right then. And then they said, oh, you're quite good. Would you like to speak at a seminar? And I said, I'm not sure. I've never done a public speaking before. But I went along and did a, a 20 minute presentation and I was met with a standing ovation. <laughs> And people wow. were coming up to me afterwards saying nobody has ever spoken about, you know, real people. Because it was all doctors talking about the patient with Parkinson's and the advanced stages of the patient. And I got up and I went, how many of you have got Parkinson's? How many of you were young onset? And it, like, it's a Thursday afternoon, right? And I went, okay, yeah, because they're all at work, you know, because we're all assuming that everybody that has Parkinson's is old. I, I got asked to speak again at a local Rotary group and I just never stopped. What about you? Were you an artist before you were diagnosed? Uh, no, my background's in, in IT um, and at the other end of the scale, more logical in terms of programming, networking, etc. But um, mm. probably about five years ago, three, no, four or five years ago, I sort of discovered, I started to have creative urges and We'd been on holiday to New York and seen the, the graffiti around the Bushwick Collective. It's an area where lots of street graffiti. And so I came back from there kind of semi-inspired and picked up my sort of first paintbrush, had a go, and uh, was hooked really. And it, what I noticed was that it allowed me to kind of be creative and kind of express myself and I suppose capture my emotions at a time. And, um, you know, slowly over the last couple of years, it's as the Parkinson's has progressed. Um, so is my so is my art, my style of art, and what it means to me. Do you do anything to control it? Do you do you take medication or exercise or anything like that? Well, I think keeping busy is really important. Keeping active, and that, that's both mm. mentally and physically, without doubt, um, and that certainly does help. But I think for me, if I'm keeping busy throughout the day, then um, it keeps me occupied and keeps me it stops apathy creeping in, which is really important. But in terms of my passion for being sort of creative and the arts, I suffer from sort of bad tremors in both in both left and right arm and clearly that affects the physical aspects of painting so my style became more sort of broad brush more abstract but more recently as it's even progressed further I've become very bizarrely more creative in terms of subject matter and what I want to pitch or capture or, or express but I do it in a different way so I do more sort of digital art nowadays all right on the on the, on the computer you can um 
you know, you can do control Z and go back if you make a mistake and you haven't got that worry about the, the arms going erratically over the place. So it, it, for me, it's still following my passion, but it's just changing and adapting slightly to fit as the, the other condition progresses. I mean, what do you do to stay positive when you do get down? Because it does happen. I mean, I, I started writing a blog with uh, I, I chanced upon another person in my local area. She's got Parkinson's. And we started writing the blog together about trying to promote more positive attitudes. But even then, even with two of us, occasionally we kind of go, oh my God, life is too difficult and we just can't write it. But then, we, then we'll then put a post out and you get emails from people who are like, thank you so much. That's amazing. It was like you were talking for me. And we go, oh crap, we have to keep writing this stuff because clearly it's hitting a, you know, but it, it's hard. It's not always easy to keep motivated. Now, I think you're right. And I mean, I recognize that. And there's days where I'm feeling low or really apathetic. And so I try to force myself to take small steps and think, I'll do something. And on a bad day, I'll try and do something or make some contribution to my art or to whatever I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And then on the on a better day, it flows a lot more. But the key for me is, is not to stand still, because I know that if I stop, and um, you know, things can quite quickly get get on top of you. Yeah, you just kind of keep focused, but just do small steps and realize the smaller goals, perhaps, and and that helps me. Um, and at least if I recognize that I'm feeling that way, I know that if I just do a little bit of something today, it'll help for tomorrow, and, and it will have a sort of ongoing effect. Does it annoy you? Do, do people ever tell you that you should take it easy? I think probably in the early days, but now, since my family and friends probably know, um, are probably more aware through my own education to them about how, what life's yeah. been like with Parkinson's. I get really cross when people say, oh, do, do, do you need a chair? And I go, no. And they're like, oh, but, you know, and they look at you like, but, you know, and I went, what? Because I've got Parkinson's. And they go, oh, oh, well, it's like, honestly, I'm, I'm perfectly fine. My legs work. They, you know, I can stand on them. Um, somebody once, I, went, I did a scout jamboree a couple of years ago. Now, and somebody said, um, oh, you're carrying a lot of stuff. Should we, should we call a golf cart to help you? Because you might get tired. I was like, don't you get it? I need to walk and, and do stuff. Otherwise, you know, it's use it or lose it. You know, once I start giving in, um, uh, I've had it. I suppose one thing I've noticed in myself is um, whilst I've become more creative, I've also become slightly more introverted. Uh, I'm not sure that's a natural progression or for some people and that's why I was curious about your passion and your stand-up comedy because it t- takes quite a lot of courage in my eyes and a lot of confidence to go out there on stage where the thought of me doing that would kind of would fill me with horror <laughs> being honest do you know it's 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 more the more people tell me I can't do things the more I want to go out there and do them you've got to be quite a sort of outgoing person I assume quite sort of brave and confident to go up on stage and has that changed or had an impact especially with the Parkinson's as that's, that's progressed well the comedy came about through the speaking because I dropped a few jokes in but I mean they're jokes about what people say to me they're not jo- I, I don't really like that comedy where people say oh yes I'm shaking and all that kind of stuff. My comedy is about who I am as a person. It's about my children and about going to parties and being told I shouldn't take so many tablets. And it's about people saying things like, what's wrong with you? Oh, I've got Parkinson's. The room goes completely silent and they say, what is it? And you go, oh, well, it's incurable. And, uh, you know, it gets worse over time. And they go, but you'll get better, right? 
somebody said to me, I shouldn't take so many tablets because they might permanently affect my brain and they're full of dangerous chemicals. I was like, well, that'd be really great because it'd be a cure. Artificial dopamine's fantastic. (laughs) So that's the kind of stuff. But if I've changed, I'd say it's given me a fresh confidence, but that's because it's given me a fear. You know, I, I fear the future. I think everybody does, but I try not to think about it very hard. <laughs> and I just try and be as positive as I possibly can because I think anything else can be quite dangerous. You mentioned you've got four children, is that right? Yes. Obviously, living with Parkinson's. I mean, how do you kind of doing your blog and your stand up routine? How do you fit it all in and balance your work life? Truth be told, I've not done much comedy in the last couple, in the last few months, but um, I do want to do some more, and I'm, I'm still speaking, which is great. I have a part time job, so I work Monday to Friday in the mornings, and then I've got my children to look after, and I try and slot things in in the weekends. And in terms of the blogging, do you, do you blog on a regular occurrence? I'm supposed to blog every week. If you look at my blog, you'll notice that I've not written in the past month and a half. <laughs> but I did put something up this week, and next week's is half written already. Um, but that comes back to the apathy. Um, I, I try and do a minimum of once a fortnight. Sometimes I felt it was a bit samey, you know, because it, it, it was always like basically, this happened this week and it made me really sad. And, and I felt really depressed because I've now I've got Parkinson's. And then I have to go, cheer up. Have a word with yourself, kick yourself up the backside, get on with it. But actually they're not samey, they're not, because it is my life and it is real life and it is how I feel. And I've been told that it mirrors a lot of other people's experiences and they feel good to know they're not alone. Do you find writing the, the, the blog kind of a cathartic kind of process in terms of letting steam off or let express your emotions? Yeah, I get, I get very, sometimes I get very frustrated and angry at the world and it helps to, you know, expose those feelings and get them out. One of the things I, I saw in, in the list for this program was, um, what's the worst thing that's happened to you since you had Parkinson's? And I think the worst thing for me was I went for a job recently and, uh, I've, well, probably shouldn't really talk about it. I'm not going to name anything, but I've got um, a case with the New Zealand Human Rights Commission because they I've felt discriminated against at the end of it. That kind of thing makes me really, really angry. And I keep planning on writing about it, but I don't think, at the moment, I think I'm still too angry. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Do you do the same with your art then? Yeah, I sometimes trying to capture either my emotions or sometimes uh, also a reflection of the current affairs, what's happening in the world, and trying to put a sort of a humorous twist on it just to kind of, I, I use it as a source of inspiration, if I'm being honest. You know, like most artists, you kind of take in inspiration from all, all areas, whether it's kind of what things around you, what's happening, your daily interactions, sometimes how you're feeling and trying to convey a certain message or emotions. Do you have children, a, a wife or family, partner? Or anything? Yeah, so uh, you have lived at home with my wife and two children who are 17, 18, who um, probably a lot more better than I, than I am being creative. Prepared, so, uh, <laughs> I'm sure that's not true. <laughs> but they, they kind of help me in some respects about keeping contact what's happening, the latest technology, the innovations, how things like augmented reality, uh, the multiverse, the new stuff that's coming, how that has an impact on art, but also how it has an impact on the accessibility of people with disabilities. 
which is quite um, important to me. Yeah, it's quite weird, isn't it, when you think of yourself as disabled? Yeah, but also I think for me, Parkinson's has, has been, there's some positive uh, sides of, of having Parkinson's. Um, some of the things I've done since being diagnosed, it's made me more focused in life. I would say um, I'm sort of pursuing passions which I really want to do and get do things which I want to do. Also met some really interesting people who are, and, and some really amazing people which I wouldn't have met if I hadn't um, had to Parkinson's. And in terms of the creativity, I, I truly believe that there is a link somewhere, whether it's the medication or the, the way the brain evolves, that some people do become more creative, not everybody, but uh, some people. And that in itself is a gift. You know, I really enjoy the, the artwork I do and some of the other artists who I sort of speak and, and do work with. So it's really great from that perspective. I've really enjoyed, um, I've always been told I'm good at writing and speaking. And getting out there and, and meeting people and helping to educate people. Because the older I get, the, the, the more I feel there should be less of a distinct, you know, different. there's not really a difference. We all have the same condition. And um, I think it's great to get out there and help educate people on what it is, how it works, and that we're actually still normal people just getting on with life. We just maybe, you know, have sort of a few visual issues. So do you find it difficult balancing, you know, do you work at the moment? Do you have a job? Yeah, I work full time um, as an IT project manager. Like a lot of people in the last 18, two years with COVID, um, work from home. But in terms of the balance, I, I try to have a balance is one thing. I try to strive for a balance, whether it's kind of the work, the family, doing the activities. And it's so easy that we have some spare time to sit down and, and do nothing. So I try to keep active and that's my kind of balance in some respects. I often paint and, and find myself being more creative late at night. And that's, I think, because of the medication in some parts. Uh, but but you wait, you sort of work to your pattern in some respect. So I, I, I got myself into a routine where I sort of work in the daytime. I have the meal and, and spend some time with the family. And then my time, if you like, is sort of late in the evenings when it's sort of peace and quiet. I can just sit down and focus. And, and to be fair, sometimes I get so engrossed in the art, which I'm doing, um, it could be quite easily one o'clock in the morning before I end up sort of finishing. <laughs> really. So, uh, but I'm, I'm not. I don't. I tend not to bind myself by time or constrain myself by time. It's if things are flowing, I'm enjoying myself, and and, and um, things are going well, then I'll continue uh, as long as I'm enjoying it. If I'm having a frustrating or really struggling to be creative, I'm on a creative block, then I'll, I'll call it a day and, and recognize that. The, the key thing for me is not to get too um, hung up on on the small things and trying to keep it an even keel. So. Yeah, I can relate to that because if, if, if I'm on a roll and I'm writing, I, I, I have to finish it. I can't, you know, I said I've got a piece half finished. I've got like about 15 half, half finished pieces. I have to get back in and rewrite them from scratch because I write the whole thing. It's like a flow. And then um, I usually I usually post them immediately once, I, once you know, I'll, I'll read them and recheck them and then and, and get them up because – I quite like the immediacy of this is how I feel, this is my emotions, this is what's going on and this is how I'm getting through it because I think that every issue should have some kind of solution or you should try and look for a solution out of it and a positive way out of it because um, I, I'm a big believer that negative thoughts breed negative you know, outcomes and it's too easy to just go, oh, well, that's really difficult. So I'm not going to, I can't do that anymore. You know, this, this year, this summer, I learned how to climb up 
a great big rock formation near where I live and leap off into the river because my kids had done it. And it looked quite scary, but it also looked really good fun. And I said, I can't do that. And they went, yeah, you can. And it was really scary. And I remember hanging, clinging onto these rocks at the side at the side, and all the kids had just scrambled up, you know, and there I am like 47 years old, overweight, trying to climb up this rock. But, but I got to the top and I, I leapt off eventually because I was quite scared. And I got in the water and um, when I came back up, they went, how is it? And I was like, I'm alive. <laughs> and it just felt amazing. And somebody said to me, why did you do that? That's for kids. And I was like, why is it just for kids? Why, why shouldn't we all do that? It, it was amazing. It felt brilliant. And I challenged myself and it, it felt it felt great you know uh, and it's a little crazy but that's what Parkinson's has given me it's given me the um, can-do attitude that maybe I I did have but I didn't realize how important it was does that make sense yeah absolutely yeah what does the blog and being and creative writing mean to you I mean what, what does it help you in any way it helps me express some of my frustrations with the condition that I've got I'm horribly honest one of my friends read it and she said to you know, because if I'm depressed, I'll write that I'm depressed, and I'll be honest, and I'll say how, you know, I'll I'll talk about how I feel and how how sometimes we all feel lonely, scared, or etc. One of my friends said to me, "I read your blog," and I said, "Oh, oh, did you?" And she said, "It's it's it's quite depressing sometimes, isn't it?" I was like, mm, "Yeah, yeah, I suppose it is." but it's honest and it's real and that's what I want it to be. And then my daughter read it and she said the same thing. (laughs) Um, But, you know, ultimately it's about trying to live life to the full and I keep saying stay positive, but that, that is my underlying thing. listening to episode 8 of series 2 of the Parkinson's Life podcast with Kitty and Trevor. Be sure to subscribe on your podcast platform to hear more from the series. So so what what took you to art Trevor and what do you get out of it? Why do you keep going? For me, when you create something visually pleasing, it, it uh, triggers a reward system in your in the brain and you get a natural um, I want to say natural high, but you feel you feel good about yourself. That's one of the things about art, and you know it also gives when I'm working with other artists or other people the opportunity to be creative together and having that. You know, you, you're not alone. You, you're with other people who are like-minded, sort of passion for creativity, and you, you learn from other people as well as humans. We always learn from each other, and it's a good way to connect, be social. So I find art, whilst it may be, I may produce a piece of art, which I produce solely, the process sometimes has has been more of sort of a a team of social um, uh, aspect to it. And for me, that's really important. I did notice that you were called Parkinson's Art. Could you tell me a bit about it and what it is? Yeah, so Parkinson's Art is a a non-profit organisation created and run by people with, uh, artists and writers with Parkinson's, uh, living with a condition. Uh, we set that up about uh, 12 months ago. And the idea is that we wanted to have uh, promote the benefits of art to the Parkinson's community, but also to provide a free platform for people to express themselves and have a voice. And in August this year, we held our first international arts exhibition called Vivid Dreams, which was uh, both online 
um, and at the Oxford Gallery in London for, t- for three weeks, which was a really great um, and proud moment for all of us uh, and for everybody involved. It was a real community project where we had 75 artists uh, from 12 different countries um, showcasing their artwork. And it was really great to raise some funds, but also raise awareness. We had 14,000 visitors both online and in person and uh, it's really enjoyable and you create a sense of community you, it's a very kind of social aspect to it and uh, makes some really good friends on the way so it's, that's why it's really important for me to whilst art itself has lots of benefits um, there's also one of those benefits is the actual social aspect which we shouldn't under, underestimate I think. How do you feel your life has changed did you ever imagine that you would you know set up an art foundation for example or you know display work in a you know, gallery in London and before you were diagnosed? Yeah, it's changed drastically, I would say. Um, not necessarily instantaneously, but over the 10 years, it's, it's certainly changed. Before I had Parkinson's, I was very much a sort of very sporty person, outdoor person, not in the slightest uh, artistic in any way, shape or form. Um, and I think over time, it's, it's, life has slowly changed, but for the, for the you know, in some respects, for the, for the better and it's something that I really enjoy doing now. I've, I've kind of focused on on being creative and what that brings to me. But it's something I'd never kind of envisaged um, or planned. It just naturally evolved and uh, to, to where it is today, really. And how about yourself? Well, somebody once said to me, getting Parkinson's was the best thing that ever happened to you, which sounds completely insane. And I know that Michael J. Fox was attacked for saying that Parkinson's was, was a gift. But I, I do feel that, it kind of was. I mean, I hate it. I do wish I didn't have it. You know, of course I do. It's it's horrible. I would do anything to get rid of it. But I have this joke where I say everybody needs an incurable neurological disease because <laughs> it kind of really makes you focus on what's important in life. And people hear that phrase all the time and they go, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You should live each day like your last. Yeah, you should wear your best clothes. Yeah. But you really, really should. And one of the first things I did when I was diagnosed is I pulled out. I've got some. I've got some beautiful vintage dresses in the back of my wardrobe, and I pulled them out and I did the school run in my favourite dress. And it's this beautiful, you know, big poofy thing with a big net underskirt. And somebody went, "Oh wow, where are you going?" I was like, "I'm going to the supermarket." <laughs> and they said, "But you look amazing." I was like, "Oh." <laughs> thank you. I just fancied wearing this dress. I really, really try and, and do that now. And I try and be as positive and enthusiastic about things and encourage other people to be the same. And before I was diagnosed, I would never, ever have imagined I'd get up on stage and do a 15 minute comedy set and actually have people laugh for the right reasons. But yeah, I love it. And would I change it? Well, I'm not sure, is the honest answer. What would your advice be, Kitty, to others who want to pursue their passions? If anyone out there thinks that they want to try something, or um, the amount of people I've spoken to who've said, oh, I'm, I wouldn't be able to do that because I, of insert you know, reason here, I'm not brave enough or I'm not good enough or that kind of stuff. Yes, you are. You know, you're never too old to learn something new. And you're never too old to, to get out there and try something different. And, you know, the, you can only get better at it. But if you don't start, 
you'll you'll never know. And you have to just take that leap of faith and give it a go. And if you don't try, you'll you'll never know and you'll have that regret for the rest of your life. And who knows, maybe you're amazing at it and you'll have a fantastic time and you'll have a great time along the way. You know, somebody told me they were too old to change careers the other day and I said, don't be stupid. You know, you're never too old to learn new things. My life has changed immeasurably. I never saw myself hit where I, where I am right now. Uh, I have financial instability. I don't know where I'm going with my health, but I wouldn't change a thing because my life is so much better and richer for making those changes and trying out new things. I think my, my advice would be to, to always ask and seek seek uh, help and don't be afraid to ask because there are many people out there who have got living with Parkinson's and we're not alone in our own thing. So in terms of pursuing your passions, I think you're absolutely right, Kitty. You should give it a go, make that first step. And if things are difficult, you know, reach out to other people because there are lots of different sub-communities who win the Parkinson's community as well. And there's always somebody who's tried to do something or some innovative way of doing things. So um, you know, it's not to think that you're alone, I think, is the key thing for me. There was somebody on um, online on a social media platform the other day saying to me, oh, um, I used to really like singing and now I can't sing anymore. And I went and I said to them, yes, you can. And they said, oh, no, but, but I can't sing. It sounds terrible. And I went, yeah, but if you enjoy singing and you like singing, then sing. And it doesn't matter what you sound like. If you're enjoying yourself, you sing that song. And I've suffered with it myself. I've noticed that I can't sing the way I used to. You know, I'll, I'll start singing a song and suddenly I hit a bum note and my kids will go, oh, and I just go, whatever, and keep going. Because if it makes you happy and it isn't hurting anyone, get out there and do it. In terms of your blog, um, is that brought you closer to your local community, Parkinson's community? I mean, do you have much interaction with them? Does it, has it kind of helped you kind of forge relationships and build relationships with the Parkinson's community? I, I do. I have a number of friends locally who have Parkinson's. I, I find it really interesting that young onset Parkinson's is not supposed to be very common, and yet I can name six people in my very small community that have, you know, the same um, condition as myself. There are, yeah, there is a really good local community here in the Carpety Coast. I'm actually really bad. I, I don't read a lot of research. I don't watch the TV programs, not because I'm not interested, but because I find it quite frightening. And I tend to just, I do my physio, I do my exercise, I stay as positive as I can and I live my life. And I try to live it like I don't have Parkinson's. What about yourself? You sound like you've got a really good community. No, to be fair, if I'm being honest, uh, initially when I was diagnosed, I was pretty much um, didn't want to go join the local groups because I, I had a perception that it was a, a sort of a group of old people sat on the table, a bit of quite depressing. Mm. Um, but actually, once I'd made the connections and also through the arts and the arts community, I've realised that there are lots of young people with Parkinson's. There's a whole range of people, should I say. And um, there's some fantastic people out there. And once you make those connections, um, you build friends for life. Really nice to meet you anyway, and uh, enjoyed the discussion. Thank you too. It's nice to meet you. Parkinson's Life magazine is produced by Speak Media on behalf of the European Parkinson's Disease Association, the leading voice for Parkinson's in Europe. For the latest research and information on Parkinson's, visit epda.eu.com. 
Thanks for listening to the Parkinson's Life podcast. If you like what you've heard, please rate and review. It helps make sure that others can find us. If you'd like to share your story with Parkinson's Life magazine, get in touch through Facebook, Twitter, or by emailing editor at parkinsonslife.eu. Keep a lookout for our next episode. And until then, take care.